Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Influence. I'm Gordon Glenister and in this episode we're going to be looking at the world of the micro-influencer. We'll also take a look at some upcoming events and we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to a very, very exclusive event. But before we do that, you're probably wondering who I am. I am Global Head of Influencer Marketing at the Branded Content Marketing Association, which I know is a bit of a mouthful, but I've been involved in the promotional marketing industry for some 20 years or more. And I wanted to provide a voice for the influencer marketing community, and that's what we're doing at the Branded Content Marketing Association, or BCMA for short. Do you know I've seen some amazing content created by YouTubers, bloggers and influencers and therefore over the coming months I'm going to be bringing some of their stories to you. And we're also going to be hearing from industry experts, brands, platforms and agencies on their take on the influencer marketing industry. So what is the BCMA and what role does it have in the influencers sphere? I asked the global CEO of the BCMA, Andrew Cantor. So the BCMA started back in 2003 and it was really there to bring together the uh, production community and the brands because there wasn't any sort of forum for, for those groups to meet. And uh, brands wanted to, to know you know what sort of content they should be you know producing and the producers wanted to talk to brands because uh, they were finding it fairly difficult going through traditional agency routes. So... We founded the BCMA on those that basis, and it's really there to help brands navigate through those challenging areas. It's it's really focused primarily on best practice, and it helps members, you know, look at particular areas they're interested in, and helps them develop their business in, in a in a sense. So we're there to sort of grow the market for everyone, so everyone can can do you know more business out of it. Branded content can be you know a six second video or a ninety minute Lego movie, and it's and that's really the exciting world that we we're we're in now. Is that you know there are and I always say to people you know yes there are regulations and you know we've done a lot of work in lobbying for you know sort of light touch regulation and there's obviously been some issues recently with certain brands not not doing what they should do but I think it's right to push the boundaries and we're there to to help members do that but you know you've got to do it for the right reasons. Why do you think it's important that the influencer community is effectively engaged with the BCMA and largely with the content space? So the the reason for doing that is that, you know, influencer marketing is is a critical part of the industry and actually it's, you know, pretty much the what they produce is branded content, you know, and uh, it really was uh, apparent that having done what we've done with branded content over the last 15 years and professionalising the industry, it was really something that we felt was important that we did the same now for influencer marketing because there are lots of challenges in that area there's brands that really want to engage with uh, this sector of the industry um and you know the value of it you know we, whatever you read it's a two billion dollar industry and it's there's been some brands that have have really suffered from that and um, we're there to help them navigate through that area and and, and actually do it in a way that is positive 
and um, focuses on best practice. So it's just really the, I think, the right time to, to do this. Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. Micro-influencers are often being recognised as an effective route to market by major brands. But how does a micro-influencer get started? I spoke to fashion blogger Sarah Malwindwa. I got into the fashion industry about six, seven years ago almost now. And I started out just sort of blogging. This was when uh, Twitter and Instagram sort of just got on the scene. Instagram was a great way of showcasing your your style and, you know, what your interests are. So I just started doing a bit of blogging. So what I would do is I would put my outfits together, style them on myself. I get a friend or, you know, a photographer to take pictures of me. At that stage, I only started with friends because I'm just starting out. Yeah. So I'd get either one of my siblings or one of my friends to just do my my pictures for me. Then I'll post them on Instagram and do all the right hashtags. So like look of the day, outfit of the night and all the relevant hashtags that go with the image, essentially, that will drive traffic from other Instagram users to your page. So I started doing that and I would post maybe once or twice a day. So I'd be consistent. And I did that for about a year or so. Mm -hmm. So within that first year, I started to kind of grow organically. So because I was being consistent with my posts, I then started to grow a very small community of, you know, young girls who were similar to me, old guys even, who had similar interests to me. So in this instance, fashion and beauty and that kind of thing. I just started engaging and then I followed them back and you get, you know, style inspiration. And then off the back of that, I started doing that for other people. So I started off styling myself and then I thought, you know what, I, I really want to be a stylist. I enjoy putting looks together. I'd, or, you know, I was doing it with my, my friends and my sisters and dressing everybody. So or they'll steal my clothes. So I started collaborating with different photographers who are also up and coming and building my portfolio as a fashion stylist. Once that had sort of grew organically again on its own, it kind of skyrocketed from there because you start off something small and, you know, it's like a domino effect. One person follows you and they happen to be a makeup artist or they happen to have like a magazine and they say, oh, would you like to do a shoot with me or collaborate? And it all, you know, it started off with one person would do a collab and then other people would see that you're collaborating with these different brands. It gives you credibility and, you know, people interested in what you do. So you mentioned uh, hashtags. How do you determine what are the most popular hashtags uh, to follow and to create? When it comes to hashtags, I would say there's two different ways to do it. Let's say I take a picture of myself and I put it on Instagram and I'm wearing a dress. So I can hashtag fashion, dress, girl. And then you can also use other hashtags that may not be anything to do with the photo it's best to stay within the subject of the image sure. but also hashtags for instance love is one of the biggest hashtags yes, that's so true. <laughs> yeah love uh, me that's that's a hashtag so those are key hashtags to use that you know are going to gain a lot of traffic that are quite generic so that you're not targeting just one specific audience you're sort of keeping your audience wide so use specific hashtags that are relevant to your image but also hashtags like picture of the day or photo you know there's a lot of photographers so if you put photo or photography or anything that's gonna if you're looking for more photographers hashtag photography if you're looking for more yeah, makeup yeah. artists hashtag makeup artists because those are the, the hashtags that those people will be looking for of course of yeah course. so 
tell us a little bit about some of the events. I know I follow you uh, and seeing you're always out and about at some really cool places, including Fashion Week. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so going to press events is a very big part of my career because it's a good way of keeping yourself on people's radar, um, keeping yourself out there, your name out there, your brand out there. And it's not only good for your followers because they like to see not just what you're wearing or, you know, what brands you're working with, but they they almost want to see your day-to-day life. So they want to know not just what you're wearing, but where do you hang out? Where do you go for a coffee? Where do you go for, for lunch? You know, what, what, what are you doing in the evening? So it's a good way of just maintaining that relationship with your followers who are genuinely interested in what you're getting up to. And it's also a good way of gaining contacts. So when you go to events, a lot of these press events, there's other people within the industry and within fashion and media, it's, it's all about who you know, what you know. So it's a good way of keeping maintaining your network of people and, and continuing to grow that. So I remember when I spoke to you before, you said it's important that um, some of the events that there's good publicity and photographers at the event and you know that that's going to be the case. Is it true that some influencers got special relationships with photographers who... Uh, who follow them and work with them on a consistent basis? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, when I started off in the industry, I never sort of got into it with the aim of being in the media eye. I wasn't seeking fame or fortune. I just love fashion, you know, and I love styling and stuff. So when I started to to grow my Instagram following and my social media content, other brands would just take notice. So then they would invite me to to events or they'll they'll offer to send me clothes to wear to events in exchange for an Instagram tag. So that's like a collaboration. So we'll send you this dress in exchange would you post it on Instagram. So of course that's that's great for any young girl, free clothes, you know. <laughs> it's always a good thing. So yeah, moving forward when we talk about some of your followers because yes. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. I remember you said, how do you engage with them? You know, they've they've liked your post, they've sent you a comment. How important it is, do you think, for influencers to have a closer connection with their followers? I think it's a great way to to maintain your followers. One, and I think just as as a as a social media user myself. I think it's nice when you look up to somebody and then they, you know, comment on their picture and then they reply, you're like, oh, wow, so-and-so has just, you know, there's a way, it it just shows that you're human, you're relatable, you're humble. um, And those are all qualities that are quite appealing if you're looking up to somebody. I mean, I'm sure with social media, there's certain people that, you know, we all follow and think, oh, I really like what this person stands for and, you know, what what, what they've got to say. So there's nothing worse than meeting somebody or having a negative experience with them on social media so I try don't get me wrong not that you know I'm flooded in my DMs or anything like that (laughs) but I try to stay on top of replying to people either in the comments or in the DMs and the kind of questions that I get asked uh, you know I, I, I I normally cover them within the post anyway so if it's an outfit I'll always say where it's from so if it's a collaborative effort then I'll always say I might put a link in my bio something like that so I always give my followers as much information as I can but every now and again the DMs will be like oh you know I love this dress do you know if there's a discount code or something so I always try to maintain that relationship and also just to show that I do care as well and that I'm not just there to sort of just post pictures and show off and <laughs> like yeah I genuinely want to inspire young women to 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 work hard and achieve what they and I think that's really important I mean we've seen a massive growth in the influence and and creative space Um, and there's uh, I think there was a survey a little while ago where something like 80% of um, 18 to 25 year olds want to become influencers but perhaps because they've seen the success of others but it's not always it's not always easy to become one. Mm. So tell us about some of your your journey of experiences, some of the maybe some of the challenges that you've had along the way. I completely agree. I think there's now 
a culture of we've got this celebrity culture where it's kind of like everybody it seems it seems like everybody just wants to be famous just for absolutely yeah. it doesn't really matter what for just everybody wants to be famous so you are finding that the market is very saturated what social media has done which i have benefited from this a lot it's given people the opportunity who may not have ever had the chance to work in certain industries it's given everybody a chance and it's sort of created an evil level playing field yes. whereas you know before you you'd heavily depend on getting an internship at a magazine or knowing somebody who works you know because it's with fashion and you know entertainment a lot of the time you know you could be the best stylist but if you don't know the right people your career is not going to exactly you know it's not going to take off so what it's done is 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 created this evil level playing field but with that comes the challenge of the market being so saturated mm, so mm. now everybody's a stylist yes. everybody's a makeup artist exactly. you know and everybody with a smartphone could be a photographer you know yeah. so then you're not competing because i do feel like you know there is room for everybody and if you are consistent and you work hard you will get the results and what i noticed compared to today compared to when i started about 6 years ago is it, it is getting harder but also these social media platforms are changing their their algorithms they they're kind of making it you almost have to work harder now to get followers yes before the algorithm meant that you see posts instantly which is the whole purpose of instagram exactly, you know yes. so they've changed it, the algorithm for it so you now have to you know work a little bit harder maybe post more and i'm not from the generation that has grown up with social media i went to school college university with no social media my working life for the best part has been without it so it's kind of something that i've had to learn mm-hmm. and push myself to do because it's not something that comes naturally i think you and i had this conversation yes, and you and you did point it out to yeah. me uh, and it is a work in progress <laughs> it is it's something i'm working in but i think with me as long as i'm consistent enough i don't want to overshare because sometimes you can overdo it when it comes to being a, an influencer sarah mulwind were there and you can catch an extended version of that interview on our in-depth podcast on the influencerpodcast.net website. And a lot of the points Sarah raised here have been echoed by our other micro-influencers that I've met. One in particular I caught up with was Fernanda Zolzar at the recent B2B Marketing Expo in London. So I've been doing blog and like fashion lifestyle blog for five to six years. Like since I started studying... I was like, that's what I want, and then I started like, doing my fashion blog, and then uh, from that I started giving like style tips and lifestyle tips, and I just started loving it, so that's what I'm doing at the moment, as a, also as a digital influencer on Instagram. So I do both, the blog and the Instagram side of things, and um, recently I started doing like personal shopping. So mostly Instagram at the moment, and also my website, which is my fashion lifestyle website. I do have a YouTube channel, but I just find it really difficult trying to get all of those three platforms together. So I tend to focus more on Instagram at the moment, but I do think that I'm going to go back to YouTube and focus on YouTube because I think Instagram now just became a little bit like downhill, like the way you deal with like how you're getting more audience is getting so much more harder now. I think you just have to focus a lot on uh, your photos and how you edit them and also the feed needs to look all like very nicely put together not just take any photos and just post it you really have to think of the backgrounds and like the way the photo is taken your the what you're wearing and all of that counts because when i started i start just taking normal photos and then when you start like learning about it you just 
think that like you just start looking at everything at the design of the background or what you're wearing and what you write and you just have to go for it and then also obviously you use, you use a lot of hashtags which I think it's like a great that's the best thing you can do like to attract like more followers lo uh, put location on and yeah just go for it and then just keep taking photos and also keep posting a lot and I find that Instagram is not trying to promote make you page for promotion which makes much harder for people who already has a big following because only like one percentage of your followers see what's going what's going on and also for bloggers I find that people are reading less and less every time so like if you're writing a post a post instead of like you write a lot of words trying to like um, include videos on the post where people can watch it instead of just like reading about it so they have like the two options they can read and watch a, a video about it influence the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry so now let's take a look at some upcoming events in the influencer world PR Moments, the Influence of Influence event takes place on the 25th of May at their offices at 6 Agar Street in London. This all-day event will cover many aspects of the influencer world, from legal to marketing. And key speakers include Louise Page, Head of Campaigns and Communities at McDonald's, and Becky Flint, co-founder of Pepper Studio, herself an influencer. And tickets are £185 plus VAT and are available through Eventbrite. Improver Influencer Marketing, Authenticity, Transparency and Measurability. This event will be held on the 28th of May. And among the speakers are myself, along with Instagram star Adana David, Claire Morris from Publis Media and William Bonadio, Acting Social Media Editor-in-Chief for McDonald's UK. The event will be held at New Road Hotel in London and tickets are available through Eventbrite. And this event is free. And of course, the Digital Marketing World Forum takes place on the 23rd and 24th of May at the Business Design Centre in Islington. Uh, and I'll be there with our panel discussion on maximising your influencer marketing strategy for growth and ROI. Amongst the panellists are Lisa Target from Influencer Platform Tribe, Katie Clark from Facebook, Amy Caitlin Shearer from Mumsnet, and Andy Fiddler from The Hook Group. You can find all the details at digitalmarketing-conference.com, uh, but we have a pair of tickets to this amazing event to give away. Just email your contact details to tickets at influencepodcast.net by 5pm on the 15th of May. And we'll be drawing the winner on the 16th of May. Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. And that's it for this first episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Just email feedback at influencepodcast.net. Next time, we'll be speaking to Charlie from Seek and getting his take on the industry. But until then, from me, Gordon Glenister, it's goodbye and thanks for listening. Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry.